0: There is no next without making the destination or expected outcome very clear. At Go Church, we are on the journey of our lives with focus, determination, and drive. And it is imperative that we clearly define the goal, salvation. To get there, We must help you understand who we are and what we are all about. We are building a Jesus community to serve the world. The question is, are you ready to go? Good morning good morning yeah I like I like it too yeah how is everybody doing this morning good I want to thank God for every one of you for being here this morning Um, and for those online too we just want to welcome you you know on all our uh, platforms we thank God for you we praise God for you we thank God because uh, we are assured of this very fact that he who has begun a good work in you is able to accomplish that which he began so if you're going through anything this morning if anything is happening in your life i just want you to you know uh keep faith flying keep faith alive god is still in charge it doesn't matter what you're going through jesus is still in control and at the end of the day it's going to speak hallelujah hallelujah Hallelujah. so you're welcome this morning and we just want to uh, thank god for you uh before i uh, go ahead and say anything because you know I mean, forget. Um, uh, next week we want to start. Want to? St- uh, not next week. I mean, I'm sorry. Next month, February, we want to start back. You know, our uh, children's church and our youth ministry. And uh, it was because of the pandemic and you know to control to. Uh, be in charge to just know how to how you know how to control everything and what to um do that was why we uh stepped back and were slow about you know going there but i think not i think but we think we are ready uh to go back and you know put some things in place but the, the reason why i'm saying it here now mostly is because you know we need people who are going to volunteer to teach um, if you are one of those people who is v- intending to volunteer you want to help us out uh please go to our website um you will find a place where you can let us know or talk to me after the service talk to me or if you're not here you're online you think you want to call me talk to me you know i really really appreciate us having that because we don't want to put the burden on just a few people uh we want everybody to uh, come to church not feeling that they have to come to church to work sometimes people need to come to church to just feel uh, that they need to get blessed and get the word, all right? Okay, so we will just go straight uh, to the continuation of what we started last week, which is go next. And um, um, like I said, it's not my intellectual property. The title is not mine, all right? I just borrowed it from uh, uh, the person, uh, (laughs) Oludayo. All right, so, but last week, some of the few things we said, just go back in, uh, in um, just, just a reminder, a refresher, um, is that uh, we said there are four things that we should note about the Jesus community. And that is uh, number one, we have the same history. We came from the same place. And um, uh, like David said, he said, In sin did my mother burn me, right? Sorry, my mother conceived me. My mother conceived me in sin. And then we now came to Jesus Christ, and Jesus Christ you know, cleansed our sins away, and we became, uh, we became uh, born again and regenerated. So we have the same history. Then we have the same characteristics. Uh, those characteristics are the characteristics of God. We are born again. We are children of God. And then we said we have uh, uh, the same interests, and that is to see the kingdom of God established upon the face of the earth. And then we said we have the same value. We have the same value. All right? And um, what i told you also that when you talk about a vision a vision has to be able to answer three things all right uh do i still have them here yes a vision has to be able to answer three things and uh i told you the answer to two of that then i'll take off from um uh the one i didn't answer so i answered a vision has to be able to answer the desti- destination uh, question it has to be able to answer the identity question it has to be able to answer the purpose question or what you're all about all right so uh last week we answered number two and three and number two uh the identity issue is that if you have a vision all right a vision must be able to help you define who you are and we define who we are that we're a jesus community am i correct yes. and then we said uh number three purpose now a vision must be able to also help you to uh 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 you know define your purpose uh, after all somebody said where purpose is not defined abuse is inevitable all right so your vision has to be able to help you define your purpose and we said our purpose is we are called to serve so we are a jesus community that is called to serve the world but we did not answer this and there's a reason why i did not answer it and that's where i want to take off from uh, uh today and the reason is this a lot of times destination becomes difficult if identity and purpose are not properly defined your destination becomes very difficult or it becomes you know unrealistic or it becomes unattainable all right so um, I have I have a formula that I normally uh, that I normally say when I'm when I'm teaching things like this. And the formula is this: is that your ID identity plus your sorry, my, my writing is terrible. All right, uh, your identity plus when you add your identity to your what purpose? All right, always maybe not every time. But always, almost every time, it leads to a predictable action or a group of actions. Your identity or your purpose leads to predictable actions. And from predictable actions, from predictable actions, guess what happens? You can get predictable results or predictable outcomes. So your identity plus your purpose uh, leads to what? What did I say? Leads to predictable actions. And your predictable actions will always result in predictable results or predictable outcomes. If you doubt me, um, look at life itself. And Jesus actually said this. But before I get to what Jesus said, I will just, you know, give an explanation. A lion or a wild animal. What's the identity? The identity is they are wild animals. Am I correct? What is their purpose? Their purpose is always to survive. They're always looking to survive. They always want to survive. So everything in the mind of a wild beast or a wild animal is to survive. All right? And guess what happens? You can always, because of these two things, you can always predict their actions. Their actions is always they are always in that tense situation of they want to fight every time. They want to fight. They want to protect their territory. They want to, um, they, 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 they want to, uh, uh, you know, uh, survive. That's why they fight to kill. They fight to protect. They fight. So you can always predict their actions. All right, and that always leads to predictable results. Let's look at you know. Let's look at other people. Let's look at you know in the area of human beings. Um, you can you can define people. Jesus said, "By their fruit you will what know them." In other words, if you know somebody's predictable results, it's very easy to go back to determine what their purpose is and what their identity is. So a student who co- who goes to school believes, oh, okay, you know, I'm a If they have this identity of this sense of identity that they are good students and they believe that their purpose is to do well in school, guess what? It leads to certain predictable actions. And those actions, what are they? They begin to study hard. And then what are those results? The predictable results are that they are going to be able to do what? To do well in school. All right? Now, let's, let's move to Jesus. What was Jesus' identity? Jesus was what? The son of God. He was the he was god in man he was the son of god what was his purpose his purpose was to save the world and those two things coming together led to predictable actions of jesus christ you could see him sacrifice you could see him call the sick you could see him heal you could see him uh, embrace people that were unembraceable all right but at the end of the day you know it led to predictable results and what was the result the predictable result is that you and i have been what thoughts blood-bought, we have been purchased, and we are now children of God. Alright. In the same way, our identity here at Go Church, our, our identity is what? Uh, we are a Jesus what? Community. Our purpose is we are called to serve. And you see, uh, it, it doesn't just have to be us as a community, as a church community. Have visions for your life. Have visions for your marriage. You know, you know, I, you know, I have, you know, I have spoken to people, and one of the reasons why I say that marriage is failed a lot of times is because you know the marriages don't even have a vision from the beginning, right? They don't know why they are coming together. There's no, they're, they're, they're married. The marriage does not have an identity, all right? The marriage does not have an Identity. It doesn't have a purpose. Unfortunately, even if your purpose and your identity are not determined, are not clearly defined, you are still working by a particular identity or a purpose. Default purpose, default identities. And guess what begins to happen? You begin to act in those ways that are predictable actions. You begin to create some predictable actions that create predictable results, but unfortunately the results, if these are not clearly defined, your results are probably not going to end up where you like it. You're not going to end up doing the things that you like to do. So in, um, in you know, at Go Church here, right? We said our identity is what? Our identity, is that we're a Jesus community. Our purpose is that we are serving the world. That's the reason. That's the reason why we're here. That's the reason why we do everything that we're doing. That's the reason, you know, why we're going to spend money the way we spend it. That's the reason why we're going to uh, uh, come here, open our doors, because we're a Jesus community to serve the world. We want to serve our world. That's our identity. That's our, that's our purpose. And what is our destination? Our destination is we want to get to a place where we are where we are found to be people that are passionate about jesus we are passionate followers of jesus christ all right we're not just you know half-hearted followers of jesus christ we are passionate hard following believers of jesus christ and when i say followers of jesus christ is another word for it or another word for uh, another um another synonym for it or terminology for it is what you call disciple all right but disciple seems to be old now and um so uh, so we say uh, followers of jesus christ right so that everybody will understand all right so we are passionate followers of jesus christ that's where we want to that's how we want to know when we reach our place when we reach our place of destination what everything that we do has to show that we are what we are uh, we're a jesus community passionate about serving god and we are passionate about following jesus christ all right and when you see these things you begin to see predictable actions you begin to see predictable actions and those predictable actions must begin to go with where we want to find ourselves all right where we want to find ourselves so let's go back to this good segue to where i'm going today If we are going to arrive at that destination where everybody knows that we are passionate followers of Jesus Christ because we are a Jesus community and because we are called to serve the world. If we are going to arrive at that place and be those people that God has really called us to be and do the things that God has really called us to do. Like I told you on Sunday last week, I you know we, we use an allegory of a journey. When you're when you, when you talking about your vision and all of that, you, 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 it's, it's like going on a journey. And I told you some of my weaknesses, some of, you know, some of the issues I have. I told you, you know, um, um, I I told you about the fact that I'm not very good at driving, not that I'm I'm a bad driver, but because I have this condition where everything just switches on me, all right? And um, as people that are going on a journey, as people that are going on a trip, we have to take note of certain things. I told you about predictable actions right and those parenting actions are the things i want to start talking about but i want to put them in a form of you know a a journey or trip or 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 all of that so but before i said that before before i go back and before i start saying you know what i need to say is um for me, I have problems with driving, right? I've told you that. You, 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 you understand? I don't, know. I don't know how many times I'm going to repeat it. I, you know, I have issues with driving. And the issue I have, like I said, especially on 285, is that whenever I'm driving, at certain times, my spatial sense just gets messed up, whereby, you know, everything just flips on me. And, you know, uh, north becomes south, south becomes west. And a lot of times I'm driving, and I'm like, um, okay, I never turned, but why am I going the opposite direction? You know so it, it does happen to me and it's happened to me since you know since ever i knew i was i was a child it whenever i'm driving whenever i'm in a car someone driving or i'm driving all right so uh, uh the last time i was going to uh the doctor's uh visit i, I had a doctor's visit last time sometimes in december and same thing happened to me i've been there many times flipped got to the wrong road and by the time I was getting to the place where I thought it was doctor, I got there and I'm like, okay, I'm, in the, I'm actually in the wrong place now. So I called my wife and I told her, you know, what's the doctor's address? She gave me the address and when she gave me the address, guess what, I just plugged it in my GPS. And when I plugged it in my GPS, even though my GPS was taking me to the wrong direction in my head, in my head it was taking me to the wrong direction, but I followed it and I got to the place. But here's the here situation. Every situation in my life, GPS does not solve it, especially when it comes to direction. There are places where I go that the GPS cannot help. For instance, I normally go to a place called the Kennesaw Mountain where I walk, I just try to decompress and all that I walk, I run, I do all of that there. And a lot of times too, I miss my way there, all right? Sometimes when I go there, I've asked people many times, where, where's the direction, you know, I parked my car, what, what, where, is it? where did you park your car? I parked my car, you know, uh, this place. And they will now tell me, okay, yeah, just go this way, just go this way, and, just go this, and, and then you get there, all right? So in those situations, GPS does not work. But after a while, I mastered it, even though sometimes those things just get turned in my brain. But I mastered it. Why did I master it? I paid attention to certain things called the signposts. All right? Because all there, along the way, there are signposts. And on our journey, on our highways, and everywhere, there are signposts. There are milestones. What are they there for? They're not just there for decoration. They're there to help keep you on the right track. They're there to help you know whether you're on the right track or you're not on the right track. They're there to help you ease the tension of direction because there's nothing as confusing there's nothing as depressing as when you are going somewhere and you don't know you are sure of the direction of where you are going you can start hyperventilating i know people who immediately they are getting to a a, a spaghetti junction guess what happens life just becomes terrible for them you know why because they just feel they cannot find their direction in that place so direction is important and one of the things that helps you in for direction is what are the signposts all right the signpost. I hope I'm spelling it well okay the signpost. they give you direction they let you go and all of that so for us on this journey we are going as Go Church on this journey the first signpost we are going to see, or the first signpost we need to pay attention to, the first signpost is what you are going to see, and it is called, uh, let me get my, everyone is welcome. That's the first one you're going to see on our, to, on our road to our destination. Everyone is what? Welcomed. A Jesus community where everyone is not welcomed is not a Jesus community. Because that's not the intention of God. Everyone has a place in a Jesus community. God wants everybody to come. You also must want everybody to come for that community to be successful. One thing I will tell you, which I'm going to deal with next week, is that Jesus community because everybody comes and everybody is welcome. There's gonna be a lot of mess but that's for next week. Everybody is welcomed in a Jesus community. If you look at Jesus from what he said, for God so loved the world, it did not say some word, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believe in him, whosoever shall not perish but have everlasting life. Everybody come. Go ye into all the world. Go ye into the byways and the highways and compel them to come. All, all, all is what God wants to be a part of this community. And because sometimes this community is not as clean as we want it to be, we cannot be a hindrance to it. Because God has a solution for the, to the mess. And we'll see that next week. Let me give you a brief history of, let me give you a brief background of church history, so, so to say. Now, the reason why the church actually thrived in the days of, uh, you know, just after Jesus died, was because of this very phenomenon that's called everybody is welcomed. Everyone is welcomed. Now, also on the other end, the church almost got nipped in the board because at some point in church history, not everybody was welcomed. And I'll show you all that. Can you open to Acts 6, verse 1? Acts 6, 1. Let me just quickly, uh, I may not be able to read a lot of the scriptures I have, you know. Uh, so, um, in the book of Acts, in this story, we, we, we hear about, you know, um, just like we do today. Um, we, we, we see a church where... Everybody did not seem to be welcomed. Some people felt they were the actual ones that Jesus died for. And he really did not die for some other people. And so the Bible says, now in those days, when the number of the disciples were multiplying, there arose a complaint against the Hebrews by the Hellenists. The Hellenists are, you know, another translation, I'm them the Grecians. Because their widows were neglected in the daily distribution. Why were they neglected? Because they felt they did not belong to the community. And it took the church almost 20 years to be able to figure this out. The fact that everybody is welcome, despite everything that God had shown Peter and all of them. All right, it still took them about 20 years of church history at the beginning of church history before they were able to get to that point where it's okay for truth. Because that was when Paul took his disciples, some of his two disciples, to Jerusalem, to the high council in Jerusalem. And they sat down and they said, Okay, now we see that God was actually for all everybody. You remember, on the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Ghost came, there were all kinds of people there. Yes. The Bible says they were there, and all of them heard their language. They heard them speaking in their own language. And that very day, when they spoke, guess what happened? About 3,000 people gave their lives to Christ. And all those 3,000 people spoke in different languages, and they knew that God wanted everybody to be a part of this community. But guess what, because of our inhibitions, because of what we have learned, because of who we are and how we are and how we see things, we just don't take time to understand what God is saying. It is difficult for the word of God or for what God is intentioned to be able to come into our heart and rest. It takes time for that to happen. And so they were against the Hellenites. Now, but as time went on, when Paul began to leave Jerusalem and he began to, one of the things that made the church to thrive and become what it was was because everybody was welcome. Started with, you know, uh, uh, it, it started with you know love and all of that. If you read, if you read, um, if you read uh, Acts two, you find those kind of things where Paul, Paul, no, what happened in Acts two, Paul replicated them in everywhere where he went. All right, and actually was just that. Everybody lived well. Everybody lived for each other. Everybody took care of each other. Everybody wanted everybody to be okay. Everybody wanted everyone to be fine, irrespective of who they were and what they were. And they went and propagated this story all over the world. And guess what, because in the olden days, in those days when Paul was preaching, women were property. Children had no bearing, especially when you were a girl. If you're a girl, the man could, your father or your, your parents could just decide, okay, they don't want you and they dump you on a hill or in the, in the trash and all of that. And nothing would happen. But it was because everybody was welcome. There was this sect, this community that came that accepted everybody, that made sure that everybody had value, that all these things began to go away. And that was what made everybody began to come to church. The mother who felt her daughter did not have value began to see that her child had value. In this group, I will be with this group. The poor man who, is not, uh, uh, who, who, did, who does not have anything knew that, hey, I have value here. So they joined. The person who is not a, an aristocrat or who fell from grace found community because he was welcomed. And because everybody was welcomed and they lived as a community, guess what began to happen? The church began to grow and to expand at an exponential level that they were able to take over everywhere in those days. Look at Paul. Paul's life. For Paul to show, I mean, Paul wanted to show, uh, his example showed us that everybody was welcome. remember the story of uh, uh, Onesimus and Philemon his you know his master Onesimus ran away from Philemon and all of that Onesimus was the servant or was a slave right the word was actually a slave he was a slave of Philemon and he stole from Philemon and ran away and he contacted God through Paul wherever he was wherever he meant for you meant for and he became a servant and Paul had to reconcile them and told and told Philemon take him he's a slave but because he's a child of God He's just as free as you are. And guess what? Nobody is too small. Nobody should be a nobody within the context of the church. Let me just quickly start telling you something. Um, um, look Look at what Paul said. Paul said, I became all things to all that I may win some. I became all things to all men that I may win some. I wish I had time for us to be able to break it down and and, and work on that, but you know, we'll find time to do that, all right? But when Paul said, I became all things to all men that I may win some, he's not saying we're compromising. All right? He's not saying we're careless about the things of God. Now, in our own language, which is what I want to tell you now, what we're going to do, or what we're intending to do, or how we're going to do it, is that Paul was saying, if you read, if you read, uh, uh, I think it's 1 Corinthians chapter 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 9 from verse 19 to 23. If you go home, if you have time, go home and read, all right? What Paul was saying by all those things that he was saying, is that, which is what we're adopting here, on that thing that everybody is welcome, is that we are going to be uh, uh, doctrinally sound, Here, in this place, we're going to be doctrinally sound. We are going to teach every precept uh, line upon line. We are going to teach the word of God to the best of our ability, the way God has given us, God has exposed his knowledge and understanding to us to preach in sincerity and in truth. We are going to be culturally, I mean, we are going to be uh, 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 doctrinally sound. But like Paul, we are also going to be culturally relevant. We are going to be doctrinally sound but culturally relevant. Because that is the only way we can reach everyone and make everyone welcomed. Because the problem we, the problem we have in church, the issues that we have in church, really, why people don't come, is that, um, a, a, a number, so that, that'll be my number two now, is that uh, we say everyone is welcome, right? But when we say everyone is welcome, there's always a fine print underneath that am i correct uh one of the things you know uh like my doctor's visit i I don't know why I even have the insurance because you go there i mean you you need to be have a phd like dr onofioc to be able to interpret your insurance terms am i correct because i don't know you know i never know what i'm going to pay at the end of the day you go there so someday they tell you you're copay sometimes they tell you you're not copay. sometimes you know why because there's so many they you, you have a deal with them you are paying this large amount. But whatever that means, you really don't know the, the details. Because they are fine prints. I remember in, you know, in December, you know, a car just came and rammed into me. And the, car, and the guy took off. And called the police. The police came, did whatever they wanted to do and all of that. And I called my insurance thinking, oh, okay, you know. I got my police case. I got the police number. I have everything, and they are like, "Okay, good." Um, they started reading all the things that I have for me and all of that. And one of the things they said is that you have a one thousand dollar deductible. The damage on the car is only like one hundred <laughs> thousand. And meanwhile, when we were, you know, when we were, you know, when we were talking about, you know, when, when I was doing the insurance, I thought it was five hundred dollars deductible. All of a sudden, they told me it was one thousand dollar deductible. Okay, you keep your insurance. <laughs> so what I'm saying is that the same principle is what we apply in church. You are welcome, but it's when they come in that they begin to find out the bots. We want everyone to come, but you have to dress like me. We want everyone to come, but you have to look like me. We want everyone to come, but you don't have to do this. We put the but there, but the but is not our responsibility. It is God's responsibility to clean everything and make everyone in his image, in his likeness, after his own fashion. Many times the problem with us is that we want people to be created in our own image and in our own fashion. And no matter how clean you are, your image is not as good enough for somebody to be a prototype of. So at Go Church, we want to take all of that fine print out. You are welcome is you are welcome. You are welcome doesn't have a bot there. We are going to allow God to deal with all those other issues. We are going to allow the word of God to clean us, to wash us, to make us whole. And it is the responsibility of the Word of God and the Holy Spirit to make people become who God wants them to become. It is not my responsibility to say, you are welcome, but. Mm -hmm. You are welcome, but. You are welcome, but. And at the end of the day, we are not able to thrive like the church did thrive in the beginning because we always have a caveat. We always have a but to how we want people to look like, to behave, and to feel like. All right? And then the final thing I want to talk about this morning is that in a Jesus community, everybody is welcome because God wants everybody to be available. And so you are welcome to, I mean, and so you should want that too. And then number two, everyone means everyone, no fine prints. And number three. We are all responsible for making this Jesus community. Um, uh, uh, what word do I want to use now? We're we, we all responsible for making this Jesus community a place, a safe place, a place where people can come, a place where people uh, you know feel welcomed. It is all our responsibility. If you look at First Corinthians 9 from verse 19 also. Paul said, you know, he sacrificed a lot of things. Paul wanted, you know, Paul wanted people to come. Because he wanted people to come, he got out of himself. He sacrificed a lot of things. He said to the Jew, I became a Jew. He said to the Gentile, I became a Gentile. Look at the life of Jesus. Jesus wanted people to come. Jesus said everybody and he meant everybody. And I want to tell you now that, you know, when I look at the church today, And I look at the life of Jesus Christ, if many of us had been alive in the days of Jesus Christ, Jesus would have been an outcast to us. Because when Jesus said all, he actually did mean all. He said all, his all did not exclude the prostitute. He had prostitutes around him. You think I'm lying? Mary of Magdala was a prostitute. Jesus said all, they all did not exclude the tax collector. The tax collectors were the most evil people in those days. Evil. Evil people. <laughs> yeah, because they, see, they, they were corrupt, they were saboteurs, and they were not saboteurs, they made the burden of their people harder than people who were the oppressors. How did they do that? The Romans came and said, hey help us, we want the tax. You collect the tax for us. And they will go and add and add. So they were very rich. They kept adding and topping the thing. And so they made their burden twice of what the oppressors was making it. And that's why they will tell you, and that's why those people, you know, the Pharisees, who knew all these things, when they wanted to talk to Jesus, they will say, oh, he's a friend of sinners, and, he's a friend of sinners and tax collectors. Because tax collectors were on the same level with sinners. That's how bad they were revered. So Jesus did not exclude the tax collectors because all meant all. Jesus did not exclude the soldiers. The soldiers who were corrupt because the soldiers, a lot of the soldiers were indigents of the place. And because they were making some money and getting some stipends from the Roman, you know, empire or the Roman government, guess what? They did and overdid whatever instructions they were giving to them. That's why in the book of Matthew, you hear, uh, uh, if they force you, to give you that tunic, give them two, because that was what the soldiers were doing. Evil people. But you see, when we say evil, is by our own standards. God means all, He means all. And what am I saying to you? I'm saying there are people who are going to come here, there are people who we are open to. Who are not going to look like us, who are not going to be like you, who are not going to see things the way you see it, who are not going to understand things the way you understand them, who are even not going to agree with you, all right? But we know that all with God means all. He said, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. Paul said, I became all things to all men that I may win them to Christ. It is only in Jesus Christ that people find freedom and deliverance. Not in human philosophies and human traditions. Because a lot of the things that we think are good are actually our traditions, really, in the real sense. They're actually not the Word of God. So when we say you're welcome here, we actually mean you're welcome. Because that is one of the major signposts, the very first signpost you will see on the road to our destination on this journey. Everyone is welcomed. Everyone has a room here. Everyone has a place here. Everyone has uh, uh, a ministry here. And everyone has a seat. Everyone has a role. And this is what I want us to start seeing and start looking as we begin to take this journey together. Everyone is welcomed. And I I will do my part, this is your assignment, this is your assignment. Because I'm going to do my part. I will do my part to make this place a welcoming environment. I know what I'm going to do. What are you going to do? To make this place a, a welcoming environment. What are you going to do? It is not just enough to hear a message like this and just go and sit down and just take it like any other thing. You have to do something. And what you have to do today is I want you to go home, determine what am I going to do to make this place a welcoming place for all, to make my office a welcoming place for all, to make my business a welcoming place for all. All right? Many of us, many of us, uh, and this is the last thing I will say before I take my seat. Um, uh, many, you know, uh, many of us, we've heard, we've heard the, 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 uh, the preaching and the teaching every time. Oh, you know, uh, uh, if, if, if an unbeliever comes close to you and, and they are not uncomfortable around you, then you are not really on fire for the Holy Spirit. Then I beg to tell you that Jesus was not on fire. <laughs> because sinners and unbelievers were comfortable around him. Yeah. All those human traditions that we have brought and incubated into into the Word of God, and that has made the Word of God of no effects because we can't reach people. How many of you here have friends or have acquaintance or have people that you know are not even born again? Because to, to many of us Christians, we don't even talk to them. They are not worth our time. We are too holy. If I tell, if I ask how many people here, how many, you know, how many people have friends that are not even Christians that you go to visit? Maybe very few. But how are you going to reach them if you don't go out to touch people? We are in the world, but we are not of the world. You can be in the world, you can have relationships with people and not be contaminated. Don't let people deceive you. Oh, you know, if if unbelievers come here and, you know, and they're not falling on their faces and this thing uh, and and all that kind of thing. Those things are just ball trash. Let me just stop here. We'll continue next week. I'm sorry.